Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. Keep the Faith brings you timely messages with in-depth spiritual analysis of current events in light of Bible prophecy so you can prepare for the coming of Jesus. Listen to what the news won't tell you. Here is another important message for our times. This is Pastor Hal Mayer. Dear friends, thank you for joining us once again at Keep the Faith Ministry for another look at the incredible times in which we live. We stand at the brink of the collapse of the orderly social system that many of us grew up with and desperately want to see continue. But we are about to see very much chaos, especially in the big cities, where violence and destruction are endemic and extreme destructive anger is triggered by things that are serious but don't justify the violent overreaction that ensues and which we have recently witnessed. Today we are going to look at the prophetic revelations that describe the society we find ourselves being forced to face and that we thought would never arise in our lifetime. The question we are going to try and answer today is what kind of character should we possess when society frays around the edges and unchecked violence is in the streets of our cities? First, let me thank you for your gifts to keep the faith. They mean very much to me. They allow us to keep bringing you relevant messages for this time. Also, I want to say that this is the time to get the literature out to the world that explains the important truths for this time. The enemy is going to make travel very difficult. He already made travel difficult during the coronavirus pandemic by closing most international borders. He also made people fearful of contracting it on the airplanes. So in the future, expect more hassles of various types and maybe even restrictions on travel. Expect it to be much more expensive to travel to, eventually limiting access. In these ways, Satan will make passage from place to place very difficult, just as we're told in Testimonies for the Church, Volume 6, page 22. Listen, we have no time to lose. The end is near. The passage from place to place to spread the truth will soon be hedged with dangers on the right hand and on the left. Everything will be placed to obstruct the way of the Lord's messengers, so that they will not be able to do that which it is possible for them to do now. We must look our work fairly in the face and advance as fast and as far as possible in aggressive warfare. From the light given me of God, I know that the powers of darkness are working with intense energy from beneath, and with stealthy tread, Satan is advancing to take those who are now asleep as a wolf taking his prey. We have warnings now which we may give, a work now which we may do. 
but soon it will be more difficult than we can imagine. God help us to keep in the channel of light, to work with our eyes fastened on Jesus, our leader, and patiently, perseveringly press on to gain the victory. Friends, the literature distribution work is your work, your responsibility. All of us can give out literature, and we must do everything we can at this time. The Last Generation magazine is one such magazine that is relevant and speaks to truth to the issues today. And hand them out. Or ask Last Generation Ministries to do a zip code mailing in the U.S. At the beginning of June, they mailed out nearly 50,000 of their special issue, Can We Trust the Bible? As a pandemic threatens our lives and our livelihoods, is it even relevant? They have about 25,000 copies left and can still do mailings. The September-October issue will be a good one, too. The cover title is Weathering the Cycle of Fear. Call them today at 540-672-5671 or visit their new website at lastgen.net. That's lastgen.net. You will like what you see. And remember... There will be literature work when everything else is shut down. The living preacher will not even be able to do YouTube or Zoom meetings, but we can still give away some literature. So let's get the literature out while we can. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for giving us your prophetic word. We need guidance to see what is coming and prepare for it. Please send your Holy Spirit to guide our study today and help us to be kind, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Dark and foreboding storm clouds are gathering on the horizon. Expect heavy weather. It will be unrelenting. The changes taking place to society are forecasting civil war with its destruction and devastation. The battle lines are being drawn. Anarchy, not seen since the French Revolution, will overwhelm the cities. The police can do little, if anything. There is little confidence in them. Chaos and social disruption are destined to flood society. Does the Bible give any prophetic forecast to these circumstances? Let us read from Luke 21, 25-28 as we begin our study today. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts filling them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. It will be so bad, so evil, so frightening that men's hearts will fail them. There will be nothing they can do about it. There will be no solution. Do you sense it? 
Do you see where this is headed? This is one of the signs of Jesus' coming. For the next verse reads, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. So we are to expect Jesus to come at the darkest moment. Darkness gives way to brilliant light. But notice how the sea and the waves are roaring. This is war, violent, throat-gripping war that will leave this nation destroyed and devastated. This represents people that are restless and violent, wave after wave of them doing a work of destruction. Police and national forces seem powerless to stop them. We are there, folks. The first wave of the chaos has already happened in the Second Civil War, but it will get worse. The cities are no place to be living right now. If you can still get out and find a place in the country, do it now. Don't wait a minute longer. Now listen to this. It's from Habakkuk 1, 1 through 4. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out to thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Friends, this sounds like what is happening today, doesn't it? Violence, iniquity, spoiling, strife, and contention all are found in Antifa, the Black Lives Matter, and groups like them. Law enforcement is slacked. In their anger, they destroy property and even life and make the lives of people more miserable. But the backlash will also be equally devastating. Instead of working to uplift humanity, they will take them down further. Wickedness abounds, and violence and revolution is the result. God may have brought us to this moment for his church to deal with certain skeletons in their collective closet, sins of thoughts and feelings that come from the father of lies and still plague his church 160 years after the Civil War. George Floyd was raised in Houston. Having served four years in prison for armed robbery, he was involved in church work and various ministries mentoring young people. He also worked for a job placement service, helping to get people out of the drug scene and into productive life. He had moved to Minneapolis in 2014 to find work. 
George Floyd did not resist arrest for suspicion of trying to pass off a counterfeit $20 bill at a local deli. Whether he was aware of the counterfeit bill or not will never be known on this earth. But during the arrest, police officer Derek Chauvin mercilessly and callously knelt on his neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds in spite of Floyd's protest that he couldn't breathe and protest of bystanders who pleaded for his life. Floyd died needlessly on the street by the knee of that police officer whose regard for life was shockingly lacking sympathy and a sense of justice. When I saw the video, my heart was burdened for Floyd and others who had been brutally and needlessly murdered like him. But a larger concern filled my mind. Is this the way God's true people will be treated? mercilessly and callously during the final crisis when they are hated and despised by everyone? Will they be meted out what they have not confessed to God and expunged from their hearts? Listen to this statement from Testimonies to the Church, Volume 5, page 452. While men are sleeping, Satan is actively arranging matters so that the Lord's people may not have mercy or justice. God in his mercy may be giving us an opportunity to face our dark corners and make amends and get it out of our system, out of our genetic makeup, so he can forgive us and truly restore us. Civil war started in heaven, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Revelation twelve seven through 9 Satan is the author of war and prejudice, and he brought it here, and he has gotten all of us to participate with him in making war on heaven. And he will create a time of trouble such as never was, so that, if possible, we will make the ultimate decision to determine to resist God's law no matter what. He is the father of lawlessness. The riots are the outworking of the spirit of lawlessness in reaction to the same spirit in society and law enforcement. Neither side is able to be held accountable. Follow me as I read from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 102. The issues in the press teem with records of murder, crimes so cold-blooded and causeless that it seems as though every instinct of, of humanity were blotted out. And these atrocities have become so common occurrence that they hardly elicit a comment or awaken surprise. 
The spirit of anarchy is permeating all nations, and outbreaks that from time to time excite the horror of the world are but indications of the pent-up fires of passion and lawlessness that, having once escaped control, will fill the earth with woe and desolation. Do we see atrocities that have become so common that we hardly notice them? Do you sense the hatred and the anger? Do you see the pent-up fires of passion and lawlessness that are about to escape control and fill the earth, especially the cities, with violence and desolation? Satan is stirring up the world with anger and a spirit of revenge and retaliation that is from hell. And he even gets some of God's professed people involved in the public protests. Are we entering the war now? Will it escalate beyond our ability to comprehend? Are you getting prepared for when it does? Friends, we need to consider carefully what influence we attach to the three angels' messages by our speech and actions. Don't place yourself where your message is mixed with politics or the clamoring of social justice. Give yourselves to ministry and uplift some soul and point them to the Savior. There is no human solution to the injustice, for men's hearts are still carnal. It won't do any good to try to change society, for Satan makes sport of the carnal hearts of men. Carnal action is met with carnal reaction. Sin is heaped upon sin. They are under his control, and nothing good will come of it, only more darkness, violence, and fear. We are also warned not to taint our end-time message by linking it with political movements that tend to bring a spirit of controversy around us. Listen to this from Testimonies to the Church, Volume 1, page 421. Those who feel called out to join the movement in favor of women's rights and the so-called dress reform might as well sever all connection with a third angel's message. The spirit which attends the one cannot be in harmony with the other. The scriptures are plain upon the relations and rights of men and women. The women's suffrage movement was a political equality movement. It was the beginning of the feminist movement. It had good aspects to it, but was fraught with evils that are that were difficult to see back then because of the enthusiasm for justice that attended them. Today, there are movements like Black Lives Matter that also have some good objectives in view. But again, they are fraught with issues that are difficult to see due to the excitement that attends them. Black Lives Matter has issues. For example, it was started by feminists, two lesbian women later joined by a very vocal transgender woman and has the purpose of promoting their gay ideology 
as well as opposing police brutality. You can check it out on their own website. No political movement or organization is worth muting the voice of the Three Angels' message in your life and ministry. Joining with such movements is dangerous for God's people, for they will be cast in the light of those with whom they are identified. We cast our message to the ground and confuse people with our political stand. We lose our influence with those that are on both sides of the great controversy. Better to follow the Bible's injunction and get out of the way and come and come my people enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed when indignation flares up god tells his precious people to hide themselves but instead some of them even ministers get involved in protests. It's hard to believe. Far better to stay aloof from political movements and work instead to uplift the downtrodden and oppressed by individually seeking to help them. So we are not to be involved with political movements, but in our personal lives we must get rid of even subconscious prejudice and minister in our sphere to those who have been downtrodden. The senseless death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Police custody was tragic and unnecessary, and the global reaction to the very public killing was dramatic. Peaceful protests were initiated in 750 cities across America, linked to Black Lives Matter movement against police brutality. But the peaceful protests were hijacked by vehement mobs and violence erupted in many cities and in at least 16 states and four territories of the United States. Hostility to the police because of brutality and racism quickly spun out of control. Anarchy ensued and law enforcement retreated. Protests quickly spread around the world in 60 countries and in every continent except Antarctica. Police abandoned a precinct in Minneapolis and rioters burned the police station down. A black policeman in Las Vegas was shot in the head, killing him. Four officers were shot in St. Louis. In fact, at least 22 people died in the violence. Some innocent bystanders, some participants in the violence, and some of them law enforcement. Many officers, rioters, and protesters had been wounded. Police officers also abandoned their posts of duty in some precincts and allowed the rioters to do their work of destruction unrestricted and unrestrained. Buildings and businesses of black and white were destroyed and looted. Looters smashed store windows and ransacked the shops 
even the headquarters of CNN, was attacked. Night after night, the violence continued. There was so much hatred in the streets that some national and local politicians joined on the bandwagon trying to ride the wave of anger and enthusiasm for anarchy and destruction because it served their political objectives. Calls to eliminate police altogether even led the Minneapolis City Council to officially abolish the police force and replace it with a community-led model, whatever that is. No one knows how that will work. Seven Minneapolis police officers resigned, with another seven in the works, for lack of support from city leaders and the police department. The four Minneapolis police officers who used excessive force that triggered the rioting have been arrested and at least one has been charged with two counts of murder in the death of George Floyd. Another black man was gunned down by police at a Wendy's drive through in Atlanta after he tried to escape arrest. He was unarmed and was shot in the back, killing him. Rioting ensued and the Wendy's store was burned to the ground. Do you feel like things are spinning out of control? That chaos, violence, and disorder are now the order of the day? Are you confused as to what is really happening? Do you have confidence that the news media is telling you all the objective facts? Will peace ever reign again? There is even a more sinister side to the riots. Some of the funding for the groups that have been rioting has been provided by none other than the Catholic Church. LifeSiteNews.com published an article called U.S. Bishops Caught Funding Radical Groups Supporting Riots and Calling for Death to Police. The explosive article claims a new investigation by the Lepanto Institute has revealed that the bishops in the United States, through their Catholic Campaign for Human Development, or CCHD, are funding organizations that support and whose goal includes not only defunding police, but even killing them. Imagine that. The ecumenical, unity, and love-promoting Catholic Church has been caught fomenting disunity and hatred through groups that are also promoting the end of the rule of law and the end of America. The Institute pointed to four groups who have received money from CCHD and are now agitating against law and order in the United States amid the riots in the wake of the death of George Floyd. One of the organizations, the New Orleans Workers' Center for Racial Justice, NOWCRJ, received $150,000 from the CCHD over the last three years, including last year's grant of $50,000.
On May 30, the Lepanto Institute reported NOWCRJ posted a video on Twitter of a protest they were participating in chanting death to racist pigs about police. Similarly, the Workers' Center of Central New York received $200,000 over the last few years. On May 29, the organization wrote on Facebook that these riots and lootings are taking back what the masses of working black and brown communities are owed. Riots and protests are necessary tools, and we fully support. An injury to one is a injury to all. Additionally, the Workers' Center explicitly and publicly called for defunding the police in a Facebook post earlier this month. Both the NOWCRJ and the Workers' Center of Central New York display a clenched fist on their logo. As the Lepanto Institute pointed out, the clenched fist is a hallmark of Marxist revolution. <clears throat> the third group working to undermine the rule of law in the United States is the People's Lobby Education Institute, based in Chicago. The CCHD gave $165,000 to the group in the last three years. Through social media, the group repeatedly called for the defunding of police as well as the defunding of prisons. And the Workers' Defense Project received as much money from the CCHD over the past three years as did the People's Lobby Education Institute. In a tweet, the group accused Houston police of murdering POC, people of color, with impunity followed by the obligatory call to defund the police. The organization also praised homosexuality, the practice of which, according to the Catholic teaching, is an act of great depravity. Several other groups funded by the CTHD have signed a solidarity letter from the immigrant justice movement, which called to dismantle the police state by defunding and decreasing police budgets. The Bishop's Catholic Campaign for Human Development states that it is a pro-life, pro-family, and pro-community and will never do anything to undermine that commitment. The conference is funding organizations that promote homosexual lifestyles and Marxism. How does that mission justify fomenting the end of the rule of law? In a previous investigation, the Lepanto Institute found that at the very core of the CCHD is a philosophy of revolutionary leftist ideologies. The 2015 investigation looked at several groups funded by the CCHD, 
giving the reader an idea of just how Catholic money is being funneled to communist, pro-abortion, and pro-homosexual front groups. The network of CHD-funded groups pushing radical ideological agendas under the banner of justice clearly follows the Marxist paradigm and has since the founding of the CCHD. It should be no surprise that the Catholic Church is involved in fomenting radical revolution. It has been doing so behind the scenes for years, while at the same time, on the surface, promoting peace, unity, and love. We have been warned of this in God's Word and more pointedly in the Great Controversy. Page 581. God's Word has given warning of the impending danger. Let this be unheeded and the Protestant world will learn what the purposes of Rome really are, only when it's too late to escape the snare. She is silently growing into power. Her doctrines are exerting their influence in legislative legislative halls, in the churches, in, in the hearts of men. She is piling up her lofty and massive structures in the secret recesses of which her former persecutions will be repeated. Stealthily and unsuspectedly, she is strengthening her forces to further her own ends when the time shall come for her to strike. All that she desires is Vanta's ground, and this is already being given her. We shall soon see and feel what the purpose of the Roman element is. Whoever shall believe and obey the word of God will thereby incur reproach and persecution. The riots in many cities are an evidence of the nearness of the end of time and the coming of Jesus. Let us consider the prophetic warnings of the state of society. Listen to this statement from Education 227 and 228. At the same time, anarchy is seeking to sweep away all law, not only divine, but human. The centralizing of wealth and power, the vast combinations for the enriching of the few at the expense of the many, the combinations of the poorer classes for the defense of their interests and claims, the spirit of unrest, of riot and bloodshed, the worldwide dissemination of the same teachings that led to the French Revolution, all are tending to involve the whole world in a struggle similar to that which convulsed France. Have we witnessed these conditions recently? Antifa is a worldwide anarchist group that wants to do away with all law in all developed countries. They are so hostile to the principles of the rule of law that founded the United States that they will do anything to accomplish the destruction of its constitution. They will pay back on and even hijack any movement that arises and mix it with violence and vandalism. Activists even took over and barricaded a six-block residential section of Seattle, calling it Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHAZ. 
with no laws and no police force. Guards, some of them armed, check IDs upon entry. They are actually the outworking of a long series of issues and teachings leading to the same place the nation of France experienced in the French Revolution. The United States was established on the principle of Protestantism and Republicanism, which are the antithesis of the French Revolution. There can be no peace with Antifa. Actually, those responsible for the loose morals of modern society, of which many don't realize, are really the pastors and priests who teach that the Sabbath of the moral law is changed to Sunday. But even if the church has authority over earthly matters, it still has no authority to change the law of the one who says, I am the Lord, I change not, Malachi 3.6. This teaching tends to reduce the importance and respect for the law of God in people's minds, and people think they can sin and not suffer the consequences. Immorality is now spread to every level of society. It is a pandemic if there ever was one. If the truth were told, the anarchy we see today is traceable to the disrespect for the law of God as the moral standard, as taught by the religious leaders, and the authority of God in the Sabbath commandment. It's been going on for centuries. Christ's disciples asked him a question. What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Christ's first words in answer to their question was, Take heed that no man deceive you. Matthew 24, 3 and 4. Jesus essentially answered his disciples by explaining to them that based on the information he was about to share, they would have the ability to discern between truth and error, and they were not to let any person or the events themselves to blind them to the truth by allowing the, a false narrative to cause them to vacillate in their understanding. Many of God's people are falling for the false narrative that Satan has put up. He gets emotions stirred up, and it is hard for many people to resist getting involved. People debate back and forth, their emotions get involved, and they sin against one another. They say unwise things that should not be said, and they get drawn in deeper. Friends, we should avoid all such controversies. The purpose of the riots and bloodshed is to goad the government into totalitarian and dictatorial control. Remember, the Catholic Church and the globalists hate. They literally hate the American freedom and especially religious liberty. Under the coronavirus, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the United States went from being a representative republic to a totalitarian regime with 50 states 
each interpreting the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights as they chose, or in some cases, ignoring it altogether, without ever asking the people for their input. And most everyone went along with him for fear of the virus, or fear of being ashamed, or whatever. Now we are locked in a struggle to see how much of our republic we can retrieve. Then the riots began, creating chaos and disorder, which is pushing the nation further toward authoritarian rule. The world seems to rush from one fearful chaotic event to another, from one hyped news cycle to another. Has there ever been a more frenetic pace? But keep in mind that Satan has planned it all, and God is letting him do it. Satan wants to draw you into it, and God wants to draw you away from it. That's what's happening, my friends. What happened during the French Revolution and what is taking place in our own free land is surprisingly similar. Perhaps you will see the prophetic connections too. We read the statement from the book Education, page 228, but let us read it again. At the same time, anarchy is seeking to sweep away all law, not only divine but human. The centralizing of wealth and power, the vast combinations for the enriching of the few at the expense of the many, the combinations of the poorer classes for the defense of their interests and claims, the spirit of unrest, of riot and bloodshed, the worldwide dissemination of the same teachings that led to the French Revolution all are tending to involve the world in a struggle similar to that which convulsed France. Prior to the French Revolution, there was the centralizing of wealth and power. The rich got richer at the expense of the poor, who only got poorer. The masses were so oppressed by taxes, levies, tithes, penance, rent, payments, and other charges from church and state that they barely had enough money to eke out a living. This did not sit well with the masses of poor people who were constantly being ripped off. When there is an economic crisis, people blame their leaders. If they are desperate, they will do desperate things to find relief. More than 200,000 people were on the welfare, which was doled out from the king's treasury. That is a lot of people from medieval France. This made them angry, and it finally exploded, and the people rioted. This made them angry because there was nothing they could do about it. They realized that the only way out was revolution change the whole system of government. Today, it is the same. The poor are frustrated with the government. They are on welfare, but to keep getting payments, they have to stay poor. They barely have enough to eke out a living. But to make matters worse, there is more consolidation of wealth today than ever before. Tech companies and big corporations are taking in huge revenues, and the top leadership are examples of the super-rich who are making huge personal wealth 
at the expense of the people. This creates feelings of bitterness among the poor of whom they take advantage. The French Revolution saw the poorer classes join together in associations or combinations for the defense of their interests and claims. Today we have this too. Black Lives Matter is just such a combination or association. So is Antifa, loosely, and so are community organizing groups that prey on the discontent of the poor with their government and many other organizations. Trade unions are also associations. The killing of George Floyd was the trigger that led to the spirit of unrest, of riot, and bloodshed. And anger at the police brutality motivated the protests. Some of them became violent. Anarchy rejects law and order because it is the basis of the system that also uses the law to abuse the masses and keep them from getting ahead. Also, the teachings of atheism led to the overthrow of religion in France. And today, a secular, godless population that has no use for God has taken over the narrative of most policies. It portrays divine law as a crutch that thinking people don't need. Friends, whenever the Bible is turned away, the people become oppressed eventually, and revolution is the inevitable result. Prior to the French Revolution, the Roman Catholic Church murdered or drove out of France all the Protestants. The result was twofold. There was a great loss of biblical faith and a loss of the middle class. The French Protestants were the middle class, the engine of the economy. Their biblical faith was in opposition to Rome's ridiculous mummery. Their removal sent the French economy into a tailspin. Today, the Roman Catholic Church has driven all opposition to her teachings out of sight through the ecumenical movement. In fact, Rome has handed Protestants a few theological concepts that have helped them adopt some of her teachings as their own. Their attachment to biblical doctrine is more distant than ever. France lost its economic stability with the massacre of St. Bartholomew, and by the time of the revolution was in economic crisis and nearly bankrupt. The people were frustrated and angry. Today, the United States is $26 trillion in debt. It is only that its currency is the reserve currency for international transactions that it hasn't collapsed under the load of the debt. This gives the Federal Reserve almost unlimited ability to degrade the currency by adding more money into the system. Otherwise, the United States would be in economic crisis and would be bankrupt before now. When the currency is no longer the reserve currency, the United States 
will come under unbelievable stress that we have never seen before. A scene of chaos and violence will erupt that has never been seen either. The Bastille in the center of Paris was a symbol of royal tyranny. The prison for political prisoners was there. Among the French guards there was sympathy for the revolution, and they refused to intervene when the people began a general riot. They remained in their barracks. Intoxicated with liberty and enthusiasm, the people stormed the Bastille to show their anger at the abusive and brutal system of royal power. They released the prisoners and killed the governor of the Bastille and the mayor. They also killed three officers of the permanent Bastille garrison and two retired soldiers. Today, excited with the Black Lives Matter movement, people all over the world protested against police brutality. Mobs of anarchists who are enthusiastic at the opportunity to create general disorder rioted, destroying shops and burning some of them down along with the police precinct. The police largely stand by or abandoned their precincts because their political leaders sympathized with the cause and would let it happen. Some police officers have been killed, too, because of the general anger at the police. During the French Revolution, there was a general disregard of law and order. Likewise, there was a general disregard of law and order among the rioters in the modern protests. Defund the police became the cry of the anarchists and others. Destruction of property and looting was common. Murder and other violence was a feature too. The new religion of France was reason. The weekly rest day was set aside. Today, the new religion is environmentalism. Pope Francis has made this one of his key positions. But the Catholic Church and most Protestant churches still set aside God's true weekly Sabbath and replace it with a fake day. Thus, religion is corrupted and the deceptions of Satan are everywhere. During the revolution, atheism was also on the rise, as it is today in many countries. It stands in opposition to morals that would elevate a nation and promotes all manner of sin, from abortion to LGBTQ lifestyles to prostitution and corruption of every species. And defiance of God and his law is reaching new heights in politics as well as personal life. There has never been so bitter an opposition to the eternal and unchangeable truth than presently. In France, licentiousness knew no bounds. It became Lysodom. Today, licentiousness has become very public from political leaders to business advertising to religion. It's everywhere. In France, marriage was reduced 
to a mere contract of a transitory character. One could enter and exit marriage at will. Today, the wrecks of marriage are everywhere. People don't see it as a lifetime bond anymore. Unemployment during the revolution was very high. In France, it is high today, around the world, because of COVID-19. There are many other parallels between the French Revolution and our own time, like broken promises of political leaders, the attacks on religion, corruption in business and politics, and in the courts, increasing crime, failure of public education, inflation, underlying anger at the political elite, the spirit and teachings of the upheaval spread to other countries, violence against dissidents, etc. The French Revolution did not just happen overnight. It took approximately 200 years for the French government, the Roman Catholic Church, and society to deteriorate to the point where the French Revolution was possible. All that time, the arch deceiver was working in the background to bring about the revolution and the reign of terror. The United States did not wake up one morning and put into place all the same issues that brought about the French Revolution. Nor did any other Protestant nation. It has taken the arch deceiver almost 200 years to bring about the decay in society that has brought us to this point. An evil mastermind has been at work both in bringing about the French Revolution and the decline of nations. Don't think it is going away. What is the source of racism? Where did it really come from? Evolution, championed by Charles Darwin, was actually the basis of racism. The title to his first edition of his most important book reads Origin of the Species by Means of Natural Selection or the Preservation of Favored Races in the Struggle for Life. Darwin's thesis was that some races are better than others and therefore some are less valuable than others. Nothing could have supported the Nazis in their quest for a super race better than Darwin's work. And the American slave was treated brutally too on the same basis. And love of slavery still resides in many hearts, especially in the South. But there is hatred even in the North. So what was Darwin talking about? In The Descent of Man, Darwin made this statement. At some future period, not very far distant as measured by centuries, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace throughout the world the savage races. That's page 193. Evolution is Satan's little black box. And many Christians who have believed in the biblical account of creation harbor some of Darwin's thinking. 
This rubbish has to be cleared away before the soul can really love as Christ loved and be ready to receive the latter rain. There is no place for this subconscious prejudice in heaven. The Spirit of God has to search out all of it and remove it before we can be ready for eternal life. That's the personal reason why God is allowing all these protests and riots to take place now. How should we live in these uncertain times when civil war looms on the horizon? Should we join in the general disorder? Should we protest? Should we join political movements or political campaigns? Or should we take a different tack? What should be our mission? First, we are to control our thoughts. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Philippians 4 verse 8. Don't dwell on the injustice that you see. Turn your mind heavenward. Don't let the enemy steal your peace. When trouble comes, the Christian is bound by love to do what he can to alleviate suffering, comfort the afflicted, encourage the weak, and those that are discouraged. God wants us to be like Christ, be compassionate for the disadvantaged and the oppressed. And works of kindness and love go a long way to alleviate the individual stress and the feelings of rejection and it will spiritually strengthen you to resist being drawn into the conflict. And you will generally be out of the fray when doing the works of Christ to uplift the fallen race. Let your kindness and compassion be your protest against the injustice and oppression. Let your soul be molded by Christ and you can meet every form of injustice and violence with peace and calm, assurance of your Father in heaven. More importantly, you are a witness to the gospel of Christ. Here is a statement from Letters and Manuscripts, Volume 12, Letter 11, 1897. From this time, believe that the Lord can do all things, that he can make you a consistent Christian who wears the beauty of his heavenly character in the home life. A loving and lovable Christian is the most powerful argument in favor of the truth. Love your Savior. Have your heart saturated with the holy oil that is emptied from the two olive trees. Zechariah 4, 11-14 we also have a very important message to proclaim. The three angels' message is a summary of all of Scripture. It is the message for the end of time, and it is suited to meet the needs of the weary humanity that is tired of the news cycle. It gives hope to the hopeless. It gives joy to the sorrowing. We must not get tangled up in political movements. Let your words be simple and in harmony with Christ's instruction in Matthew 5:37. 
but let your communication be yea, yea, and nay, nay. For whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. And if you find in your heart that it has been tainted with the dark black sin of prejudice, ask God to forgive you and take it away. Ask him to give you the compassion and tenderness of Christ for the oppressed. Let the words of Abraham Lincoln sink deep in your experience. I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus who gave us guidance and an, and an example of how to live amid injustice and unfairness. You were treated more unfairly than any other person ever was treated in history, yet you were silent and at peace. Give us your peace in the midst of protests and violence. Walk with us in the heat of conflict. Steady us when we are afraid. And we'll praise and thank you for being our God who delivered us from all evil. In Jesus' name, amen.
We hope you have been greatly blessed by this month's message. Your prayers and gifts mean much to us. Thank you for your support. The song you have just heard is called Softly and Tenderly, sung by Joyce Combs on her new CD called Whatever It Takes, Lord. If you would like to have a copy of the CD, just send $12 postpaid to U.S. addresses to cover the cost, and we will send you one. Please mention the Consecration CD. Our international listeners should send $16 USD. The following is our monthly prophetic intelligence briefing, a feature that brings you current events in light of prophecy especially for those who love the appearing of Jesus Christ. We can see the signs of the, t of the times telling us that we are nearing the world's great crisis. May the Lord find us faithful. Our first item this month. Judge rules Bible incompatible with human dignity. Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry News. My name is Sabrina Peterson and I'm filling in for Pastor Mayer while he's on medical leave. An employment tribunal in the United Kingdom has ruled that the biblical doctrine that people are created male and female is incompatible with human dignity, and those who follow it can be fired from their jobs on that basis. The stunning decision came in a doctor's challenge to his dismissal for failing to use female pronouns for a man. David Makarath, 56, argued he holds to the principles of the Great Reformation of the 16th century, 
including a commitment to the supremacy of the Bible as the infallible, inerrant Word of God as his final authority in all matters of faith and practice. He said he believed in the truth of Genesis 1.27, which says human beings are born male and female. The panel, however, ruled that belief in Genesis 1.27, lack of belief in transgenderism, and conscientious objection to transgenderism in our judgment are incompatible with human dignity and conflict with the fundamental rights of others, specifically here, transgender individuals. Makarath, represented by the Christian Legal Center, lost his position with the Department for Work and Pensions after refusing to use transgender pronouns. He appealed to the nation's employment tribunal. The Christian Legal Center said that the judgment will have serious ramifications for Christian professionals, and indeed all medical professionals, as the judgment dictates the language that professionals must use in the workplace. The judgment is also contrary to scientific reality and is likely to undermine freedom of speech in the workplace. Michael Phillips, the Christian Legal Center's counsel for Makareth, said the doctor was discriminated against because of his faith. His belief in the truth of the Bible, and in particular the truth of Genesis 127, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female he created them. It follows that every person is created by God as either male or female. A person cannot change their sex, gender, at will. Any attempt at or pretense of doing so is pointless, self-destructive, and sinful. The panel ruled the Bible is mere opinion. Phillips said that the panel put transgender rights ahead of Christian freedoms and in effect forces Christians to use compelled speech in order to not offend those who believe in gender fluidity. The ruling will have profound ramifications, excluding foundational Christian beliefs from the protection of human rights and anti-discrimination law. The ruling puts a belief in the Bible on a par with the racist and neo-Nazi ideologies which have been held to be not worthy of respect in democratic society in earlier judicial decisions. Makareth presented evidence to the court that he did not resign his position and was the victim of direct discrimination and harassment. Too bad, the panel said. The doctor said the ruling will disturb many National Health Service staff members because they see their own freedom of thought and speech being undermined by the judge's ruling. He said no doctor, researcher, or philosopher can demonstrate or prove that a person can change sex. Without intellectual and moral integrity, medicine cannot function, and my 30 years as a doctor are now considered irrelevant compared to the risk that someone else might be offended. Andrea Williams, chief executive of the Christian Legal Center, said, This is an astonishing judgment, and one that, if upheld, will have seismic consequences not just for the NHS and for Christians, but anyone in the workplace who is prepared to believe and say that we are created male and female. It is deeply disturbing that this is the first time in the history of English law that a judge has ruled that free citizens must engage in compelled speech. Here, Judge Perry has ruled that Christianity is not protected by the Equality Act or the ECHR, unless it is a version of Christianity which recognizes transgenderism and rejects a belief in Genesis 127. An appeal is planned. Right now, the ungodly will do anything to get rid of the testimony against them. 
but one day they will stand before the real judge to answer for their decisions. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. Revelation 20.12 Unfortunately, our time is up. Remember, there are more prophetic intelligence briefings on our website at ktfnews.com. It's been a great pleasure to spend this time with you. I hope you have been encouraged to live for Jesus, for we are near the end. Remember that God has a plan for your life and that right now you can make a new start with Jesus. Thank you for your prayers and support. And until next time, may God bless and keep you and your family in His loving and protecting care. Keep the faith.